everyone, and welcome to another Bible study here at One Love Live at Love Walk. And I am your host, Leela Winston. I want to thank you so much for tuning in to today's broadcast. I pray that you are well and God is blessing in your life. I also want to encourage you to uh, definitely uh, check out lovewalk.substack.com and if you go there you can find Christian resources um, as well as courses and other kinds of uh, material that can help you in your walk. And so today, as you know, we come together to read in the Word of God and study it so that we can practically apply the Word of God to our lives and also so that we can discover the purpose of our lives. And so uh, today we're going to do an interesting Bible study. Um, I believe it's re- what it's called Resurrection Weekend. Unfortunately, I have no resurrection sermons or prayers or uh, teachings or anything like that. Um, I don't actually, I just, um, I would say I just teach whatever, you know, God puts on my heart at the time. And so uh, today I want us to look at a very important aspect of baptism and its importance. And I think we kind of touched on that in another Bible study, but I want to really underscore that for us. And we're going to do that by going to our anchor text, which is Luke chapter one, verses one and four. It's Luke chapter one, verse one and four. Go ahead and grab your Bible. And I want to point this out to you and we'll get started right now. Now in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate being governor of Judea and Herod being tetrarch of Galilee and his brother Philip tetrarch of Iturea and of the region of Taconitis and Lysanias, the tetrarch of Abilene. Annas and Caiaphas, being the high priest, the word of God came unto John, the son of Zacharias, in the wilderness. And he came into all the country about Jordan, preaching the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins, as it is written in the book of the words of Esaias the prophet, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. That is Luke chapter 1, verse 1 to 4. And so I think this is really important because of the um, of verse number 4, which says, um, actually, actually verse number 3, sorry about that. It says the baptism of repentance, that actually John was preaching the baptism of repentance. And I think that's really important for us to hold on to because you are baptized because of repentance. Baptism is one of the witnesses on earth. The water, the blood, and the spirit are what witness on earth according to 1 John 5 and 8. And so what we see is there are patterns in the heavenlies that are being demonstrated on earth. And so we may not altogether understand why certain things are happening. Why am I being baptized? And what is it with this sacrifice thing? And and why does Jesus Christ have to shed his blood? Fact of the matter is there are things in heaven that we don't fully understand, right? And we have lost our connection with, you know, um, the spiritual because of well because of sin right and so here we are today trying to relearn what it means to be a son of God and so you are baptized because of repentance please remember that if you want to write that down you are baptized because of repentance let's look at what first John 5 and 8 actually says and it says there are three that bear witness in the earth the spirit and the water and the blood 
and these three agree in one. So it's kind of like the establishment of witnesses. Do you know how in the Bible it talks about if you have something against someone, you're supposed to go get a witness and bring them in the presence of two or three witnesses. It confirms something. And if you can remember when Jesus Christ was having these conversations with uh, the Pharisees and they were like, you, you're not who you say you are. And they were, he was like, you know, um, but my witness is true. It's this idea of corroboration that we're looking at. And it's why Abel's blood spoke and God heard it in Genesis chapter 4. I don't know if you can remember that. I'm going to read it briefly. It's Genesis chapter 4 verse 9 and 10. If you can remember when Cain killed his brother and Jesus came and said, hey, where's your brother? And he's like, am I my brother's keeper? You know, he's literally saying, am I responsible for my brother? And that's a whole conversation right there. But I want to read Genesis chapter 4, 9, and 10, and it says, And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries unto me from the ground. That's spooky, right? That kind of feels a little chilling at least. And I think it's the understanding that we have now, if you understand the witnesses in the earth, you'll understand why his blood could speak. And it's also why God um, says that he didn't have respect to Cain's sacrifice. Because if you can remember, Cain's sacrifice to God was like vegetables and stuff that was from the earth, while Abel's was a sacrifice of blood, right? He needed a credible witness, blood, spirit, or water. And these are things it seems the ancient world knew more about than we do now. And I do understand that because as time passed, men lost more and more of their understanding of God as they grew more wicked. Because if you can remember, Back in the day, Adam and Eve, they just talked to God. They just kind of knew certain things about how things operated. And I think we've moved so far from that, that it really is a learning curve. And I really understand this, especially coming from the um, Western church, especially as someone from the United States of America, the ways in which we look at church in a sort of uh, one-dimensional way um, and how we sometimes erase some of the things that God is put in scripture because we simply don't see it. And so we are going off of the authority of what we see and what we know when that's not really what is requested of us. And I'm not just going to say the Western church because I've seen this in other places too, but I think that I, sometimes your traditions, um, and the ways in which you see the world and being so far away from the original makes it harder for you to understand the concepts that God is putting down. And so I think that's one reason why, um, you know, John the Baptist was like, what are you doing here when he saw Jesus coming? Because he's like, you should be baptizing me because Jesus did not need a baptism of repentance, right? But Jesus told him to suffer it to be so because he did need all three witnesses. He needed water and blood and the Holy Spirit. And after he was baptized, I want you to notice this specifically because things aren't just happening in scripture willy-nilly. Like, I don't know why that happened next and why did he do that? Well, this is why. I want you to remember, if you can think back, after John the Baptist 
baptized Jesus Christ, do you remember that the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove and God said, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son, hear ye him. Do you remember that? So there is literally um, sort of like a process going on. He goes from water and now the spirit comes and descends and it didn't say God's voice, it says a voice. So, you know, you're having this witness of water and then you're having this witness of the Holy Spirit descending upon him like a dove. And of course, we know that he now had two witnesses, right? He had the water from the baptism and then he had the Holy Spirit, you know, from when the dove descended on him. And then the final witness was his own shedded blood. I think we need to understand these concepts because we understand that there's a process going on here that is not just happenstance. Remember, Jesus had done no wrong. Jesus had nothing to be baptized from, no repentance. But he did need the witness of the water. And he was going to take on our sins. So we are baptized of repentance. And this is what you have to understand, which means we get the witness of the water through baptism as well. But it is an indication of our repentance, our turning from sin. And like circumcision is assigned, you know how people would get circumcised to show that they were following the Hebrew faith? Just as circumcision is a sign, so is baptism. So that means like if you haven't really repented and you can you can jump down a thousand pools. And so the point is to understand what the water is there too. It's to give a witness to your repentance. And that is what I think is so important because you have to have all three. Okay, that's why baptism has any importance at all because we see that there are witnesses in the earth right? We're not in heaven, so, right? So we can't say we get all three, but the witnesses in earth is water, it's blood, and it is the Holy Spirit. And so it makes no sense to baptize anyone if they have not repented. That's why child baptisms are kind of, oh, I'm not really like, what are you doing? Like, why are you baptizing the baby? I don't, I mean, I've never understood this. Even before I became a believer, I'm going to just confess, so you don't think I was being deep. I never understood, like, why are you baptizing the baby? How can the baby make a choice about his eternal salvation or what he will or will not do, especially if he hasn't done too much? And so you have to have repented to receive the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit will not host you without repentance. That's the point we're seeing, right? When um, Jesus Christ was baptized, then the Holy Spirit came. So it's important to understand that the Holy Spirit can come when you have repented. Okay, the Spirit is holy, and it's part. The Holy Spirit is holy, and it's part of the Trinity. So remission of sin is absolutely necessary for Him to come to stay with you. Because remember, He's holy too. He's not just spirit. You know, we're just lowercase s. Because God is the Father of spirits, and we're part of those spirits that He made among the many orders. But the Holy Spirit, with a capital H, right, and a capital S, this Holy Spirit is holy. That means set apart. And so in order for him to rest upon you, you have to repent it of your sins. This is something that um, evangelists can use to help people to understand what it means to receive Christ. And this is why John was saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
that's why he was baptism um, baptizing excuse me John the Baptist literally had the ministry of change if you want to know what repent it is it just means to change your mind change the direction you're going in so his ministry was the ministry of change and if you're an evangelist that's kind of yours too <laughs> because uh, John the Baptist is your forerunner right he is the first evangelist as well so I think it's really important to understand um, that evangelists do kind of the same thing. They kind of have the ministry of change, of changing people's lives. And that is huge. I want to show you something in 1 John chapter 5, 5 and 8. We've read it before, but it gives you more context of what I'm talking about. Um, actually, let's start at verse 6, so it's not so long. This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that bears witness, because the Spirit is truth. The Spirit is truth. I just want to underline that, guys. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in the earth, the Spirit, and the water, and the blood. And these three agree in one. That's 1 John chapter 5, verse 5 and 8. Um, I'm sorry, verse 5. I'm sorry, 1 John chapter 5, verse 6 and 8. So I really hope that um, you will grab these three verses and tack them down somewhere, especially if you're an evangelist, so that you can explain to people why there is a need for repentance and baptism. So there is one who then baptizes you with the Holy Spirit. And that one we see comes in as Christ. In Matthew chapter 3 and 11, we're going to read that briefly. It says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, right? But he that comes after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. So you need the baptism of water baptism of the Holy Ghost comes from Christ and that's the one who's holier than John the Baptist because in this particular passage in Matthew chapter 3 and 11 it's John the Baptist that's talking so I want you to think about um, what John is saying right incidentally okay one may choose the baptism of the Spirit or the baptism of fire and that is an eternal fire so he's making it really clear um, about this in verse 11 when he's talking about baptism okay let's read it in context from 11 to 12 okay it says I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance but he that comes after me is mightier than I whose shoes I am not worthy to bear he shall baptize you with the Holy Holy Ghost and with fire whoso fan is in his hand Oh, I'm sorry, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. That's Matthew chapter 3 and 11 to 12. And so we see that John is telling us we may choose the baptism of the Holy Spirit or the baptism of fire. Remember, both are flames. And we saw how the Spirit fell on the apostles at Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. So we do have an opportunity, we have an option to um, have this baptism of the Holy Spirit, or we can have the baptism of fire. But before you can get any of those, before you can get that baptism, you have to, um, I won't say you have to, but it's a part of the process so that you can have a witness on earth, the water, the blood, and 
the spirit. And we know that the blood in terms of us as bought believers comes from Christ's shed blood. So then we have three witnesses in the earth of our repentance, our turn from sin and toward Christ as now his new royal priests in the kingdom of God. We have these witnesses and this is part of God's economy that maybe we don't fully understand. Like these are principles and maybe we don't under fully understand how they work, but this is a spiritual world that we are coming to understand, we're coming to understand better about because we've been severed for so long, for so, so long, guys. But God is going to help us to move back to knowing what it means to be a son. And so I want to thank you so much for tuning in. I pray that you're well. I pray that this Bible study blesses you. If you have any questions, you can definitely leave them here um, in uh, the anchor.fm forward slash L-E-L-A dash W-I-N-S-T-O-N. There's actually a message section, but you can also, if you want to send private messages that are not where people can read them, or if you even have prayer requests, you can go to lovewalk.substack.com. And if you go there and you go to the about us section or the contact section, you can actually leave me a message. It goes directly to me. No one else is going to see it. And I promise you, I have great confidence, guys. And when I say confidence, I mean anything you ask me to pray about, I do not tell anyone. I'm holding secrets for many years, many years from people that I may never see again. But... I want you to know that your prayer is safe with me. Many years ago, I made a commitment to being confidential about people's uh, prayer requests. As many people, you know, sometimes would reach out to me for prayer and things like that. So I feel that's an important part of what we do as believers in terms of uh, partnering with people in prayer. So I want to thank you so much. I pray this Bible study blesses you and I pray that you continually grow. Bye.